A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Uh, Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Christianizing the American dream. I said that, you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Been very few times I've ever heard God be disarticulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you with me. I'm asking you to brush your hair. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog, episode 150. I'm your host, Norm, the Master's Dog Dunham, aka the Evangelical Norm. So, the Master's Dog podcast uh, is a podcast I do dealing with false teachers, false doctrine, anything that comes against the truth of God's word. As the quote says at the beginning from John Calvin, I bark. I make noise. I let people know that this is something that is against God's truth and against God's word. So um, started out as a podcast called Faith and Beliefs Refuted because I started this whole thing with responding to the uh, Saints Unscripted, which is formerly known as the Three Mormons, their podcast. They created a segment called Faith and Beliefs where they started out talking about the articles of faith, and I wanted to respond to those to show how those articles of faith did not line up with Orthodox Christianity. Then David continued on with that, with different issues of doctrine and so on, so I committed to respond to every single one of those. Down the roadways, I decided to expand beyond just dealing with Mormonism and so on, to other pseudo-Christian false teachers and stuff like that. And that's when it became the Master's Dog Podcast. So there's a little background for those of you who are new. Thank you to everybody who continues to like, subscribe, uh, share the videos, comment on the videos. Your comments are one of the biggest things that makes the algorithm, Mr. Algorithm, there he is, uh, send the video out to more and more people who would be interested in hearing it. So please keep those coming. Suggestions for false teachers. Anything you got, I, I will take it. Questions, comments, Snyder remarks, I'm all about it. I'll take all that smoke. So I do apologize. It has been a while. We're playing catch up here. I'm playing catch up here. There's no production staff. It's me. I don't know why I say we. I just include you guys in everything that I do. So I've been uh, with working a couple different jobs and and so on. My scheduling is kind of weird. So trying to find the time to sit down and actually record podcasts, which I do believe is an important thing that God has given me to do. So I am making time to do it. So here I am late in the evening on the 4th of July uh, playing catch up. And I've got about seven more videos I'm going to be recording and then releasing them over the next week. So you will get podcasts. You will uh, get more and more content. I appreciate you guys for sticking with me and hanging out and being very, very patient. So this week right now we are back to our roots dealing with the guys over at Saints Unscripted or the guy. David, his stuff over at Saints Unscripted, and a video that they did, I think it was two weeks ago, um, on some of the strange teachings that come up, and is that okay for a prophet or a general authority in the LDS Church to throw out some of these strange teachings? So, we're going to jump in, we're going to respond as we can respond, and we will uh, 
we'll go from there. So here's our buddy David from Saints Unscripted with uh, Do the Latter-day Saints Really Believe That? And I've got no sound. Let's fix that real quick. Do, 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 do. No sound. Moon there we go. was inhabited. Take it off. Hey guys, so if you dive into Latter day Saint history, every so often you're gonna run. Hey guys, so if you dive into Latter day Saint history, every so often you're gonna run into statements from or about past leaders that might seem a bit eyebrow raising and that don't match up with the stuff you'll be hearing at church on Sundays. For instance, an 1892 edition of the Young Women's Journal reported that Joseph Smith believed the moon was inhabited by men and women who dressed like Quakers and had very long lifespans. Kinda weird. You can say that again. Since some of these ideas are attributed to leaders of our faith, sometimes I'll get messages from people wondering how to tell the difference between an authoritative teaching of the church and an opinion or personal belief of a leader. In this episode, I'm going to show you how I personally go about navigating these scenarios. Hopefully, you find it helpful. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see. It's... Yeah, this is what All we right, call... so when a... you stumble upon a statement like this, there are... This is what we call apologetic acrobatics. Um, when your prophets leave you wondering what, you know, what they've been smoking, then you have to go through and, and find a way to explain it away and so on. Because again, this is supposed to be a prophet of God. So we're going to get all the typical excuses. Sometimes they speak for God. Sometimes they speak for themselves. Sometimes, you know, they're deceived by the devil, blah, 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 blah. Are a few housekeeping questions you'll want to take care of right off the bat. What was the setting for the statement? Who was the audience? Was it ever claimed to be a revelation from God, or was this just speculative existential bro talk? Hey, yeah? You ever wonder why we're here? It's one of life's great mysteries, isn't it? Check the reliability of the source and the textual and cultural context for the statement. For example, while it seems like a no-brainer for us, in Joseph's day, many people believed the moon was inhabited, thanks to astronomers like William Herschel and the great moon hoax of 1835. Also, this isn't a first-hand statement from Joseph. It's actually a late... Okay, so here's, here's where we got to go with this. Joseph Smith is supposed to be a prophet of God, right? He's supposed to be in communication with God. All the, the Doctrine and Covenants, a hundred and some... Uh, chapters in the doctrine and covenants of revelation that joseph smith received from god visitations from angels all of these things and god didn't think to go joe this ain't true what this guy is saying people i'm pretty sure god knew that people don't live on the moon or the sun which was also something that was said so why did not God, why didn't God, why did God let his prophet, again, I mean, we're getting to the meat of the thing before we even get into the thing. Why would God let his prophet of the most true church, the true church, the, the most correct, with the most correct book and all, blah, 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 blah. Why would he let him look like a moron? Third hand statement from a guy named Oliver B. Huntington. So we really don't know whether or not Joseph believed this, but let's just assume that he did. Where do we go from there? 
On the church's website, we're reminded not every statement made by a church leader, pastor, present necessarily constitutes doctrine. In 2012, Elder Neil A. Anderson taught a few question their faith when they find a statement made by a church leader decades ago that seems incongruent with her doctrine. There is an important principle that governs the doctrine of the church. The doctrine is taught by all 15 members of the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve. It is not hidden in an obscure paragraph of one talk. True principles are taught frequently and by many. Our doctrine is not difficult to find. So, Okay, so again, but when you have the founder of the church, the foundation of Mormonism lies with Joseph Smith and his validity as a prophet or not. If Joseph Smith is proven to be a false prophet, the whole thing falls. The whole house of cards is gone. If Joseph Smith is proven to be a false prophet, which he is over and over and over and over again. So again, I mean, everything that was taught by Joseph Smith, essentially at one point in time, was an obscure paragraph somewhere. I mean, that's, that's, that's the reality of it. This isn't, this isn't some, you know, regional president from 1907 that said, made this statement uh, in, you know, somewhere else. This is not what that is. This is the founder of the religion. The one that supposedly they say that you've got to get clearance through if you're going to get into heaven. Joseph Smith has got to approve you himself. These are, again, these are the things that were taught by the Mormon church. That you will pass through not just Jesus getting into heaven, but you've got to, you've got to match up to, you've got to pass Joseph Smith's uh, muster test. So, again, this is not some obscure person member of the general authority or whatever, the first presidency or whatever, 15 members and blah, 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 quorum of the 12. This is not that. This is Joseph Smith making this statement. And okay, it's a third person statement from some other guy. I'm sure if Joseph never said it, if this was printed in this, supposedly that he said, he would come back and go, I never said that. Does that make sense? So again, I mean, we're, we're trying to equate Joseph with just some, you know, random dude. Is this idea about the moon taught frequently and by many, either in the past or present? No, it's not. So you really don't need to worry too much about this being a doctrine of our faith. <laughs> Crap, I feel better. Uh, I feel better. I love the way the renowned Latter-day Saint chemist, Dr. Henry Eyring, the father of President Henry B. Eyring, responded to the moon issue in 1957. I don't know whether Joseph Smith said men live on the moon or not, but whether he did or not troubles me not in the least. A prophet is wonderful because he sometimes speaks for the Lord. This occurs on certain occasions when the Lord wills it. On other occasions, he speaks for himself. And one of the wonderful doctrines of this church is that we don't believe in the infallibility of any mortal. If in his speculations he thought there were people on the moon, this has no effect on my belief that on other occasions when the Lord willed it, he spoke the ideas that the Lord inspired him to say. It is for these moments of penetrating insight that I honor and follow him. Okay. It's a lot of stuff to, to, to catch into. I probably should have stopped in the middle of it. But again, this concept that sometimes the prophet speaks for the Lord, sometimes he speaks for himself. Again, is the Lord going to allow his prophet, who is the founder of the most true church, the one true church, 
Is he going to allow this man to go off and start talking about people living on the moon, people living on the sun, people doing this, blah, 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 and allow him to make a fool of himself in that way? Okay, I mean, if you want to believe that, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me that God wouldn't come back and go, Joe, you know, you said this and this is not true and this isn't from me. You're, 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 not, you're not passing the test that Deuteronomy gives of a prophet. You're not passing that test. You're, in fact, you're failing that test over and over and over and over again. But to, to just write it off as, well, he was just speaking for himself. Well, that's irresponsible of a prophet to, especially in the different ways Joseph Smith many times. False prophecies came from Joseph Smith where he said, thus saith the Lord. So again, I mean, we, we go, this is, this is a great straw man argument because we can go and go, well, did Joseph Smith really say this, blah, 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 knock this down and not address all of the other, the false prophecies that are throughout this book, that are throughout this, what they call scripture, sorry, wrong camera, throughout this book, there are, I mean, and I don't know how many exactly, but Doctrine and Covenants, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that every chapter is supposed to be a different revelation, right? Um, you know, I'm not going to say that definitively because someone might go, well, there's three chapters put together that are all one prophecy. So there's there's really not 130 something. There's really only 129. But out of the hundred plus revelations, prophecies that Joseph Smith gave in here, literally only five. And you and that, that's a stretch that five can be proven to have accurately come to pass. One of which is the death of Porter Rockwell. But again, failed prophecy after failed prophecy after failed prophecy after failed prophecy throughout this book. But yet we're going to go, oh, well, yeah, it's okay because, you know, he said this and it really wasn't blah, blah, blah. This is what we call a straw man argument. And it's a great one. I mean, yeah, it, it, you're... They're doing their, their due diligence to come up with the most obscure things. It's just like the abortion issue. You know, they go with the, the, the 0.05% of why abortions are done, and they do that to justify all of them. They go to this one obscure statement, and they show all the reasons why this really probably wasn't Joseph Smith and why, why it's not really a big deal to ignore all of the things that he said that never came to pass. Never came to pass. But let's say you run across some weird statements while reading something less obscure, like Elder Spencer W. Kimball's book, Miracle of Forgiveness, or Joseph Fielding Smith's Answers to Gospel Questions. What or do the do Doctrine then? and Covenants. Are those books authoritative? Well, somewhat ironically, here's what Joseph Fielding Smith wrote on the subject. It makes no difference what is written or what anyone has said. If what has been said is in conflict with what the Lord has revealed, we can set it aside. My words and the teachings of any other member of the church, high or low, if they do not square with the revelations, we need not accept them. You cannot accept the books written by the authorities of the church as standards of doctrine, only insofar as they accord with the revealed word in the standard works. Every man who writes is responsible, not the church, for what he writes. If Joseph Fielding Smith writes something which is out of harmony with the revelations, then every member of the church is duty-bound to reject it. Harold B. Lee taught something similar. We would do well to remember that while we sustain our leaders as prophets of God, that does not mean that they are omniscient. 
President M. Russell Ballard said back in 2017, I worry sometimes that members expect too much from church leaders and teachers, expecting them to be experts in subjects well beyond their duties and responsibilities. It is important to remember that I am a general authority, but that does not make me an authority in general. My calling and life experiences allow me to respond to certain types of questions. There are other types of questions that require an expert in a specific subject matter. And if you have questions, please don't forget to include God in that quest. Brigham Young taught, I am more afraid that this people have so much confidence in their leaders that they will not inquire for themselves of God, whether they are led by him. Let every man and woman know by the whispering of the spirit of God to themselves, whether their leaders are walking in the path the Lord dictates or not. So when you Okay, so all this, I'm going to try to do this really quick. I should have I should have come up with, done this before, but I'm going to really quick try to find this 14 Fundamentals of the Prophet's Speech so we can kind of address, because what all these people are doing is they're contradicting that. Um, and again, apparently in Mormonism, contradiction is okay. You can just, and this this is why we call Mormonism out over and over and over again, because it's full, it's chock full of deception and deceit and contradiction and so on. And they just continue to, um, you know, again, try to explain it away. 14 fundamentals of following the prophet. All right. So here's a, here was a speech and I believe it was given by Ezra Taft Benson. Um, and it was given in 19 uh, time for the old man glasses again. Sorry. My apologies. Oh, wow. I'm going, I'm really going blurry on here and that's not just the fault of what is it focusing on? All right. Let's hello. Don't, don't go out of focus on me. Come back to me, camera. Come back to me. There we go. Thank you. Um, we are going to look at the 14 fundamentals of following the prophet. This is a speech. So, first, let me get through all this rigmarole. First thing, the prophet is the only man who speaks for the Lord in everything. So, there's number one. Number two, the living prophet is more vital to us than the standard works. So now we have all these people there. Well, if it doesn't line up with the standard works, but no, the living prophet is more vital than the standard works. He over, he supersedes the standard works. Third, third, the living prophet is more important to us than a dead prophet. So the living prophet gets to over, you know, gets to contradict the dead prophet. Fourth, the prophet will never lead the church astray. This is a, a powerful, powerful statement that again, was given by somebody who was, uh, he was part of the Quorum of the Twelve at the time that he gave it. This was given in 19, is it a, 1980. So, um, again, became the prophet at one point. Um, the prophet is not required to have any particular earthly training or diplomas to speak on any subject or act on any matter at any time. So there just contradicted the last statement that was made that the prophet can speak on anything and should be authoritative on those things. So the fact that Joseph Smith was giving erroneous information, he fails as a prophet, even by the standards of Ezra Taft Benson. But again, of course, now we've got new prophets that oversee or supersede what he said. Um, the prophet does not have to say, thus saith the Lord to give us scripture. 
Um, the prophet tells us what we need to know, not always what we want to know. Uh, ask Emma Smith about that one. Eighth, the prophet is not limited by men's reasoning. Uh, ninth, the prophet can receive revelation on any matter, temporal or spiritual. Um, tenth, the prophet may well advise on civic matters. Eleventh, the two groups who have the greatest difficulty in following the prophet are the proud who are learned and the proud who are rich. Um, Twelfth, the prophet will not necessarily be popular with the world or the worldly. Thirteenth, the prophet and his counselors make up the first presidency, the highest quorum of the church. And the prophet and the presidency, the living prophet and the first presidency, follow them and be blessed. Reject them and suffer. You should go take a look at that. 14 Fundamentals of Following the Prophet, Ezra Todd Benson, 1980. Again, this is where we're, we're done with David. We're done with this video. We're not going to. We're not going to continue on with that. We're, we're going to move on to the next next episode here very quickly. But we are going to just wrap this one up. So to just try to explain away that, well, he wasn't acting as a prophet. He wasn't this. It's the acrobatics that has to be done when a prophet fails. So instead of stoning him like the, the Old Testament tells us to do, which, of course, we don't do that in the New Testament. We give them opportunity to repent and trust Christ. And if they don't, then far worse than being stoned is going to happen at the last day when that man who believed that he was a prophet of God, whether he, he knew or was just deceived, approaches him and said, Lord, Lord, did I not make these prophecies in your name? And Jesus said, depart from me, worker of iniquity, I never knew you. And all of the people that they deceived and misled will hear those words from Christ. How many millions of members of the Mormon church have been deceived by these false prophets who think that they are Christians? And in the last day, when Jesus, when they stand before Christ, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do these things in your name? And I guarantee you, I promise you, he will say those words. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Because the Mormon church does not know the true Christ. It does not know the true gospel. There's no salvation within the doctrines and the dictates of the Mormon church because they are following after false Christs, false gods, false Holy Spirit, false gospel, false teachings, false prophets, everything. Deception, deceit, confusion, contradiction. All the, the, the hallmarks of Mormonism. And it's why they have to continue to make these videos. Because there's so much of it. And with the advent of the internet, people began to just, by the hundreds of thousands, leave. And now they're just trying to, to, to get fingers in those dikes. These prophets who, who made these, these erroneous claims are not prophets. They're not, in, they're not in communion with God. Now, whether they are, whatever it is, that they're, whether they're deceived demonically or they just know what they're doing and they're just playing a role, whatever it is, at one point or time, they're going to find out that they were wrong. And I would rather be the guy that, that is calling them to repentance and faith now than ignoring them and letting them go to hell.
Other than that, I don't have any strong feelings about it. Thank you guys for taking the time out to watch. Thank you for all of those who, who have liked, subscribed, shared, commented, all of those things. Please continue to do so. Send me your suggestions for false teachers. Send me your suggestions for anything. Anything you want me to look at, um, I, I'm, I'm down to take a look at it. Send me those suggestions. Leave those comments. Make Mr. Algorithm send the video out to more and more people who would like to see it and help the channel grow. Subscribe if you haven't. Hit the notification bell. Get all the content that I release here, which is going to come fire hose rapidly over the next few days. Um, and again, I apologize for for all the time trying to make up for missing the stuff that I have in the past. But I appreciate every one of you who takes the time out to watch. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.